Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. So it's late at night. Stars are shining. The moon is shining brightly. There's three, four, maybe five men who decide it's time to take a boat and go fishing. They don't do it just for fun. They do it because fishing is actually part of their business. It's how they earn a living, how they provide for their families. And so they set out for sail, and they're in the middle of the ocean. They cast their nets down hour after hour, minute after minute, coming up empty every single time. Now, it doesn't mean that they're bad fishermen. Sometimes there's a good day where you catch a lot of fish, and then there's some nights like this one where... You just come up short. And so as dawn is approaching, as the sun is about to rise, they decide it's time to to come on into shore and prepare for another day. And as they do, they see this man that they've been hearing about for the last year, year and a half or so, walking down the edge. And the one man on the boat sees this guy walking on the shore. And he sees the man with his hand hand held out, signaling, Come follow me. And now this man in the boat and the rest of the man must decide, are we going to follow him or are we staying back here? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for tonight, Lord God. I thank you for every individual that is here, Lord. Father, I pray that you speak through me today, Lord God. I pray that you use me as a vessel to speak your words in truth and in love. And God, I pray for all the students here who may be dealing with some type of struggles, whether it's in their walk with you, Lord God, or struggles at home or just struggles in school or maybe at work, Lord God. Father, I pray tonight that through this message, Lord, that we see what it's going to to take to be a disciple for you and protecting your kingdom. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Alright, so we are in week four of our study in Mark, and we are glad that all of you are here. Any, any new time, first time guests here tonight? Anyone? First time? There's one, we got one here. Is, is that, okay, well we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're here. Um, we're in our fourth week in our study in the book of Mark. If you guys don't have a Bible or a Bible app, um, we've got some Bibles over here on the bookshelf. And last week, for the first time, we saw Jesus enter the scene of, of, uh, of his ministry. We saw him get baptized. We saw him fight off temptations from the enemy. We saw him fight off personal desires. We fought, saw him fight off manipulation. We saw him fight off to bow down to another God. And today, we get to see Jesus go out and develop his team, his followers, his disciples who will set the foundation for the entire church to be built. So if you'll join me, Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 14. And it reads as follows. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, I don't have a lot of time tonight to explain why John was arrested. We're actually going to see that a few months later 
or a few weeks later, depending on how fast this goes, um, why John got arrested, and it ties into one of the messages that Jesus preached. One of the things we need to understand is, is what Jesus is talking about when it comes to the kingdom of God, uh, and understanding that context, let me ask you guys this question. How many of you have ever taken a history class that teaches you about governments? Some of you guys? Yeah? You guys know something about governments? No? Maybe? Okay. Um, how many of you know what type of government we were founded on? Mikey? Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Another one. Democracy. There's a mix of it. Jonathan? What's that? We were not founded on a monarchy. No. There we go. But we got this concept um, from the Romans when it was a republic before it became an empire. And what a republic means is that you have the decision to choose who you want to elect into office. So, every, so you'll see at the time when you guys get to the voting age, you'll have the choice to vote in your representatives here in Pennsylvania, um, Senate seats, office seats, and who the President of the United States will be sometimes. At some point, I should say. <clears throat> One of the things we need to understand, though, is that uh, the people in Israel, in Israel's time, was not founded in a republic. They weren't founded in a where they can choose their leaders in that. They're actually founded in a government that's called a theocracy. And a theocracy is defined as a type of government in which God is recognized as the supreme ruler and the laws were to be interpreted by priests and authorities. So if you've ever read the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Judges, you see how the theocracy at the time is built in place and how God elects priests to lead the people and interpret what God is saying to all people. But there then comes a time... When the people no longer want God to be their supreme authority, they want a king like everyone else. They want a human to be their supreme authority. And we see this in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8, sorry, chapter 8, and it will read as follows. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He, God, said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. And so God is warning them, listen, if you want a king like everyone else, this is what you can expect. Destruction, corruption. They're not really going to care about you. Power will corrupt and they're going to be, what is in it for me? And one of the things we need to understand when it comes to the kingdom of God, that we must be obedient to the kingdom of God. I wrote this down. When you say, I'm submitting my life to the kingdom of God, you are proclaiming that you are allowing Jesus Christ 
to have complete rule and reign in your life. When you submit your life to the kingdom, kingdom of God, you are proclaiming that Jesus Christ will have entire reign and rule over your life. And see, the kingdom of God doesn't allow us to pick and choose what we want. If it was that way, it would be the kingdom of Mike Kubis. It would be the, the kingdom of destiny. It would be the kingdom of Emily. It would be the kingdom of Anthony. It would be the kingdom... If we got to pick and choose what we wanted, it wouldn't be the kingdom of God. It would be our little kingdom. <laughs> right, your little kingdom. And see, this statement alone may fr- frustrate some of you. You'd be like, well, why can't I pick and choose? Why can't I just pick and choose what I like and don't like about the kingdom of God? Uh, uh, let me ask you a question. Have you created something from nothing? Have you created life? Have you created man from the dust? Have you created woman from the rib? Have you created all that is involved with the universe? No. So the creator who has created everything has set all the rules and regulations. And he doesn't do it to keep us from not having fun and to not have some joy or anything. He puts them in place to protect us because he loves us and he doesn't want us to get hurt. And so now we're going... I'm sorry, back up a little bit. So when it comes to the kingdom of God, it means to be obedient. And Jesus is saying right here in this verse, one of the first things you need to do is repent and believe. And repentance isn't so much a, I just will say, I'm sorry, and, and don't even believe that God forgives me. No, that's religion. Repentance means that I'm actually going to do a 180, run away from what I'm dealing with, and also believe that God has truly forgiven me for the sin that has been committed. And so now let's move forward to the scene I just set up uh, in regards to where Jesus is meeting these people on the boat. So in Mark 1, starting at verse 16. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, follow me. If you are following in a Bible, highlight, circle, underline, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left with their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left. Emphasis, highlight, circle, underline, they left. Their father, Zeppity, in the boat, with their hired servants, and followed him. See, there are going to be four attributes to being an effective disciple for Christ. And the first one that I ask you to highlight and underline is to follow him. Jesus is calling These men in the boat, and he's calling us to follow him. And in that moment, these men and every single one of us have a choice to make. Am I either going to follow him, or am I going to stay back in the boat? Do I want to stay stuck in my hurts, habits, hang-ups? Do I want to stay stuck in my sins, or do I want to follow him and believe that he can restore and redeem the bad things that have happened. Because here's the thing. I, in the last year or so, I've been able to build relationships with a lot of you guys. And some of you that are new here tonight, hopefully I get to have the chance to build more relationships with you. 
And some of you guys have a gifting of leadership. It's really cool. You guys have a gifting of leadership. You know how to draw a cloud crowd. You know how to influence people in the right direction. But the one thing I want to tell you, like I told Anthony at Winter Retreat, the best way to be effective as a leader is you've got to learn to be a follower first. Let me give you an example. So when we were at Winter Retreat, and I got permission from Anthony to talk about this because I didn't want to embarrass him or anything, but I think this is a great story of, of what it means to be obedient and following God. We were at Winter Retreat Saturday night. We had a big night of prayer after the message in that. And Anthony, he was praying with some of the guys that were there. He was praying, and all of a sudden, the Lord God said to him, Hey, Anthony, there's this 41-year-old guy. 41. Okay, Anthony, how old are you, Anthony? He's 15. Okay, so he's 15, and the God, God is saying, hey, there's a 41-year-old guy right there. I want you to go pray for him. And here are the three specific things I want you to go pray for him. What do you think Anthony was feeling at that moment? He's probably thinking, oh, are you sure? <laughs> you sure I really want, are you sure, God, you want me to do this? Okay, but he was obedient enough. He went to go pray. He's like, hey, God just laid in my heart. He told me to pray for you, and here are these three things. Can I pray for you? And he said, Yes. And he received it. And so they prayed. And the guy, after the prayer, said, by the way, I needed those because I've been dealing with issues in those three areas. That's being obedient. That's being able to say, I am going to follow the leader, the true leader, Christ, so he can influence Anthony to be a leader in anyone else's life. And the same thing can happen to all of us. Because here's the thing. We need to get out of our own lives so Christ can transform our own. We need to get out of our own lives so Christ can begin to do a work in His. Just like He did with Anthony. And just like He did with some of the other people that were on winter retreat this weekend. And what He's doing with some of you now in your schools. The second thing that God calls us to do as disciples is that He asks us to leave behind. He asks us to leave behind things. See, the men knew about Jesus. As I said, if you read the Gospel of Luke, it it shows that Jesus has actually been proclaiming the message for a little while, and these men heard of Jesus. And then Jesus finally says, hey, come follow me. And they had the decision to follow him. And when they did decide to follow him, they had to think about what they were giving up. They were giving up a career, something that they loved to do, something that was good, in their mindset. But they also believed that there was something better. There was something more out there in life. And they said, we're going to leave this behind and go follow him. Now, this doesn't mean he, they just abruptly left their families and said, peace, we're out. Now, we'll actually read next week where Peter's mother-in-law got healed by Jesus because they're visiting the household. What Jesus was saying was like, listen, yes, you'll take care of your family and things like that. But when I say it's time to go, you've got to go. You've got to come follow me. And some of you in this room right now, you need to ask yourself this question. What do you need to leave behind or what do you need to let go of? And see, I say this with truth and love and grace and I get it. But some of you right now, you don't desire to be in your Bible because you desire to be on YouTube more. Some of you don't desire to take time in prayer, but you desire more to be on Facebook or Instagram or or Netflix or anything like that. 
See, some of you sometimes don't want to maybe be here every Wednesday night, fellowship, learn, and grow. And it's not necessarily because you don't want to, but you've packed your schedule so much that it's creating anxiety because you think your fulfillment's going to come from everything that you're doing outside with actually, instead of learning who God is, trusting in God, and allowing His needs and His desires fill you up, and not what the world says about success. See, it's not so much that, I, that, I, I, that we can't do these things, that we can't read the Bible, that we won't be in God's Word, that we won't worship Him, that we won't pray with Him, pray to Him. It's not that we can't. It's sometimes that we won't. We don't desire to. We, we'd rather do these things and actually commit our lives and say, okay, I need to humbly come here and understand who my God is. So what do you need to leave behind. The last two things we need to recognize to be effective as a disciple are found in the latter verses, uh, 21 to 28, which are shared as followed. <clears throat> and they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and, and was teaching. Highlight, circle, and underline the word teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in there the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new, highlight circle, underline the word new, teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Third attribute as a disciple to the king is that we must become learners. We must learn. See, one of the main purposes of Jesus' earthly ministry was teaching rather than performing miracles. Now, yes, did He do them? Yes, because it showed that God was with Him as the King of Israel, as the Messiah. But you will read throughout Scriptures... Yes, thank you, Eric, for getting the door. You will read throughout Scriptures... That Jesus mainly taught the disciples. This is how you pray. This is how you worship. This is how you remember me. This is how you take care of the sick. This is how you love people. And we must come to a point where we are going to fall in love with learning. And learning isn't so much a a head knowledge of stuff where you gather all the facts. Because remember very beginning of the week I said there's two types of people with this study right now. You're either enjoying this because you've never read the Bible or you've never gone through the Bible verse by verse like this. And there's a second part of you that you know the stories and you're like, this is boring. You may know the stories, you may know all the facts, you may know all the figures, but do you know Him? Do you understand what He's not just doing in their lives, but what He can do in your life as well? That's why we need to be in communion with Him daily. And... (laughs) One of the things about learning, as I said, is not just head knowledge, but it's actually being willing to apply what's been taught. See, there are many people who read the Scriptures, and they know that it says for us to forgive people. 
It teaches us that we shouldn't hold on to bitter, for bitterness. It tells us that we should go to our brothers and sisters that we've had arguments with and, and restore that relationship. It tells us that we should be generous. It tells us that we should love people, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. All these different things it tells us, and you can probably tell me all other things. But do we live it out? That's why some of you hated church before at one time as a kid growing up. Because it wasn't church, it was religion. They told you to do something, but they themselves wouldn't do it themselves. See, I, I and, and here's the thing, we're not going to be perfect at this. I'm not perfect. I don't stand here on the preaching this that I'm perfect at it. I make mistakes. I sin. And I have to first be obedient to repent and ask God for forgiveness and believe that He'll forgive me. But at least we're trying. At least there's people out there trying to live out the gospel message. I have more respect for them than anyone who can tell me everything that Scripture says but doesn't live it out. The final thing is that we must become, we will become new. Or we must be in the process of becoming new. See, Jesus' triumph over the demon is a clear indication that God's kingdom was breaking into the present age in a new and decisive way. When we decide to commit our lives to Jesus Christ, when we commit our lives to defend the gospel message, when we commit our lives to the kingdom of God and being obedient to it and allowing that to reign over our lives and surrendering everything over to them, we should be new. We should have new fruit pouring out on us. There should be people who look at you six months from now, three months from now, a month from now, and say, you're different. Let me ask you this question. Do you know where your old self is buried? Do you know where your old self is buried? I do. My old self is buried back in 2015 in my very first apartment here in Quakertown, where I'm down on my knees begging God to help me because I made stupid financial mistakes. And for some of you who may know my testimony, you're like, well, didn't you proclaim to be a Christian in 2013? Yes, I did. But I wasn't living that out until I got to a broken point in 2015 where like, God, I can't be a poser anymore. I can't just read this and say I'm doing all of it when I wasn't even repenting and being obedient to God. The old Mike Kubis is buried and dead in 2015 in an old apartment. Where is the old you buried? Where is the old you buried? And so as we close tonight, we're actually going to do something a little bit different tonight. We're going to take some time to worship. um, And during the next song uh, and last song, There's some of you in this room right now who you're back, you're back and forth about being a disciple for Christ. You, you want to please those who, who don't want to believe in the gospel message, but at the same time you want to please those who, who claim to be Christians. As Pete Reavers, Reeves said, Reavers? Reeves. Pete Reeves says, you're in between friends right now. You have two groups of friends. You have one friend group over here, one group of friends over here, and you're trying to figure out, who, who am I? If you're, if you're somewhere there, I'm going to encourage you after the last song to come on up to the altar. We want to pray for you. If you're someone who is proclaiming to be a disciple, but it is tough right now. You don't have the strength to continue going on. You feel like giving up. You feel like, like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, where John, 
Uh, John Mark, the author of this book, deserted the missions trip at one point. You feel like that point, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have the strength to continue. We want you to come up here and we want to pray for you. And if you're someone for the first time who you're like, I just want to surrender my entire life. You know what? I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been trying to do religion, but I want a relationship with my Lord and Savior. We want you to come up front. I'm going to pray with you guys. There's a prayer in Ephesians that I want to pray over you guys. And so if you stand with me, I'm going to bring the worship team, ask the worship team to come up. Over the next couple songs, because we're going to do it after the last song. Over the next couple songs, if God is tugging on your heart and saying, like, come to the altar, I want you to be courageous. Forget about everyone else in this room right now. What does God want to do in your life right now? What is God asking you to do in your life as a disciple right now? Let's pray. God, I I thank you. I thank you for these students, Lord. I thank you for all those who want to be obedient to your kingdom, Lord God. I thank you for those who in this room may now be struggling to want to being being obedient to your to your kingdom. And I pray for those right now who for the first time may surrender their entire livelihood to you, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for being so gracious and loving towards us, Lord God. We're never going to do this perfectly. But it's through your love, your grace, what the Holy Spirit does through us in our hearts, Lord God, that we can be transformed, that we can be made new, that we were once dead and we are now alive in you, Lord Jesus. And so, God, as we, as we worship and minister over these next couple of songs, Lord God, I just pray for every student that you are calling to come to the altar right now, Lord God. I pray that they have the courage to come up and be obedient and, and to humble themselves and say, I need God's strength. I can't do this on my own. Or maybe even feel like, I feel like quitting God. Help me, God. Or for the first time saying, God, I've been trying to do this without you. I've tried to get rid of you. But I clearly see now how much I need you and how much I need to surrender my life to you. And God, we give you the praise of not what you're just going to do with these students here, but the rest of the students through, through the prayer night and the small group, Lord God. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search M-Star Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.